So in our uh, fifth and um, last in this series of short talks about money, uh, we'll have a little look and use some examples, personal examples of using money in, in the advance of the kingdom. And over the years, we've had the privilege of seeing huge amounts of money uh, pass through for God's purpose. But I'd like us to just, again, think about the guiding principles. Firstly, um, we've always said that in the use of money, we should prioritise people before plan. No point in having a great building, but not having people that are released to uh, serve and care for the people. So people before plant, whether it's buildings or equipment, has been very important. Sometimes see church groups struggling because they're paying for a building, which is very nice, but they are very limited in the resources they've got to supply the other needs of people rather than just somewhere to meet. Then paying our way, being responsible. Uh, this doesn't, it's not determined by need is determined by what is right. If we ask somebody to do something, to perform a service, to go somewhere, to use their vehicle in the purpose of something, to actually be expecting, ready, willing to pay for that. I think if we teach people biblical truths about giving and they embrace that, we should also take responsibility of uh, handling money in a responsible and honourable way. So another principle, of course, hardly goes without saying is absolute honesty. But honesty uh, that extends to and includes integrity, that money given for one thing must be used for that thing and not devoted to any other purpose. And of course, in the management of it, the use of it, there must be uh, absolute integrity and honesty and so sad that uh, certain sections uh, of the Church of Jesus Christ have managed to obtain a very, very bad name for that. Uh, and some of the richest organisations in the world are denominations which have massed a huge amount of money and often they find themselves uh, particularly represented in poor nations. That's a sad situation. Then there's the question of responsibility. We have brethren uh, who have trades people in our church. If, if I ask one of them to uh, come and do a plumbing job for me, uh, I expect to pay him. I don't expect him to do it for nothing because he's a brother. If he chooses that he wants to do that, I, I'm not going to prevent him the opportunity, but primarily my expectation, if I ask for a builder to come and build something, it will be to pay him and to pay him the appropriate rate. Then, of course, it's our joy, always as God directs, and only as God directs, to meet needs and to be part of God's provision in that supply. 
And of course, in all our giving, it must be hearing God. You see, what I've come to believe and see and experience that if we teach people, and as those who are responsible in leadership practice the right principles, it develops a people that are very generous, sacrificial uh, in their giving. And it frightens me at times to even mention, let's do some special offering or particular offering. I remember just a few years ago, there was a horrific hurricane that struck St. Martin. And because of our love for the people and because of the need, we felt right before God to say, let's, let's have an offering. And there was a very significant offering that came, which we were able to help people there just under God's direction. Lo and behold, a week or two later, another devastating hurricane struck Dominica, another island where we've ministered and built relationship over many years. We said, well, we can't ask for a, another offering. So one Sunday I said, we're not asking for another offering, but I just want you to know that this morning, the normal offering we're just going to send, people just gave. And again, a huge offering was produced. And I, time and again, I've said, hmm, people just are so willing to give. And this is not about rich people. It's about normal people, average earning, good people that have learned the principles of receiving and giving as God directs. So over the years, as I say, we've seen um, lots of monies pass through and used for his purpose. Then, of course, there came a time where God said, take 10% of the money and set it aside for the purpose that I'm going to give you to you. And it's not to be used in the church or to pay visiting minister or anything like that. And subsequently, he increased that after a period of time, a number of years to take 20% and we have done and have always done that and we never use it for anything outside of what he has instructed us and actually that's that was the beginning of the formation of network um, just those years ago but you see at that time God also showed us some some, some interesting things first of all that we weren't to be a missionary organization we were to work in partnership with people that God brings us into relationship with. I can remember, uh, and it doesn't sound nice, and it sounds rather racist, but uh, being berated at times by Christians when I said, no, we're working in partnership uh, with people in, say, one of the African countries. And they said, well, you can't. I mean, missionary organizations always control the funds from uh, from from headquarters in in UK or America or Europe wherever it is, I said no. That's not what God's God's not called us to be like that. God's called us as part of an apostolic network to actually operate with kingdom principle, and so we decided to do that. We decided that we would operate in partnership. We never yet have determined to do a particular project in a particular country. We work with the brothers that God has placed in those particular locations and things that are on their heart to do. 
of course, it's been at times rather, rather hairy and rather exciting. Uh, I remember a time when I was in North America and I got a call from Sierra Leone. I think the Civil War was still going on uh, and uh, God had joined our hearts to Brother Richard Cole there who passed away a number of years ago who was so key and instrumental in our development in these things. And he said, what I'd understood was that as these boy soldiers were being um, captured, they were just being placed kind of, not even in prisons, more like cages uh, with, with no hope, no, there's nothing that could do with them. They were in, in a particularly uh, bad way with with drugs and what they'd been taught and what they'd seen but because Richard had been involved in in working with these he had the opportunity and he said this this phone call came through and I was in America he said uh, they've offered us a building a an old school building to use for this we can't do it on our own will you partner with us and I heard God say if you will trust me I will show you my power. That was the beginning of the, the, the particular development of the work there that's gone on all these years in Sierra Leone. Into which, in the goodness of God, we've seen huge amounts of money, not necessarily coming through the church, but often coming through outside agencies. Praise God, uh, the work there is now led by the very boy soldiers that were uh, rescued and rehabilitated in the early days. But in the meantime, uh, because of the funding, have gone on to develop a huge program of vocational training. And we're talking large sums of money that we've learned and God has in enabled us and taught us skills to approach big funding agencies to get significant sums of money. Uh, Vocational training, so important so that young people have a, a trade rather than a, a just hanging around waiting for the next uh, insurrection of one type or another. A school, the original home for children affected, originally affected by war. And we added to that during the Ebola crisis. God gave us another opportunity even then to demonstrate in the nation that kingdom people can gain kingdom wisdom and know ways and means to actually go and have the ability to raise funding in order to do things. I remember uh, originally um, presenting in the uh, High Commission in London about what we were wanting to do there and the High Commissioner sat very laid back in a in a chair in the front row and as we talked about a vision for change and God's ability to enable people not just to have religious services but to actually be involved in being sought in the earth and light in the darkness and seeing a change of the nation talked about people who were victims people who were um, rebels actually being transformed I remember him leaping out of his chair uh, with excitement and uh, embracing the very things that we were doing. 
It's a call that we still follow to bring change, to see rebuilding of that particular nation. It seems ridiculous. It seems ridiculous for a small group of people to be involved in such things, but it's kingdom and kingdom is different. So the projects are always relational. Uh, we're not a don donor organization. We don't do donations. We stand with brethren around the projects that they particularly want to do and see funding raised. We've never yet sat down and decide we're going to go into a particular nation to do a particular task or to do a particular project. But we have had the joy of being involved in key places, in key nations at key times. See, this is about using and seeing money used in the increase of the kingdom for the purpose and glory of God. Then, of course, having learned some things there, we also saw an interesting development. Uh, we're very keen on evangelism, but found that in the environment the old, uh, where we were, the old types of traditional types of evangelism which we practiced were, were, were not really reaching people. One day God spoke to us, again through the prophetic words, so important hearing what God says in this. Serve the community, in the needs of the community, at the expense of the community. What did we learn from that? We learned that this was something that God was giving us to do. At the expense of the community, it wasn't going to be just an extension of what we give in tithes and offerings. And so we started to examine how we could serve the community and the needs of the community. Started off very small. In fact, interestingly, we're warned, don't ask awkward questions and stay small. Keep your head below the parapet and you won't have a problem. But of course, we couldn't do that because, you see, God had also told us that we were there to see people become followers of Jesus. If we were going to be a business, we had to actually make money. But he also said something else, that we were to confront the kings of this world. Now, the kings of this world are not people running around with little clown, crowns on their head. They're actually the systems of this world. And we began to see that the system was corrupted, that unempowered people were staying unempowered in spite of monies that were being pushed by government towards releasing them. So we began to ask what was deemed to be awkward questions. And again, the prophetic word, uh, they began to close down on us and come against us in all sorts of ways. And then we realized that there's a contract that we'd been given that they were cancelling. I, in my sort of natural state, was feeling, okay, that's fine. We can really go to town on this one. We can battle this one. And I was on the other side of the world at the time, and uh, time difference didn't make com communication easy. But I heard God say, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And so we did. We did nothing. We let them do whatever they were doing. Amazingly, God, within about 18 months, gave us so much business, so much funding, that we were able to actually sub-business to the very people that were trying to wipe us off the face of the earth. So over the last 20 years, we've seen over £60 million come into this borough where we are 
for the good of this borough and for the work we're doing here. We've been involved in very many, very, very many projects. We're involved across uh, the whole of the country with our faith action where we're uh, financed by government to uh, help faith-based organisations engage in serving in the community. We're bringing, by the grace of God, salt and light, actually being what God calls us to be. You know, even today, uh, in amidst all this virus, awful virus thing that's going on, we're still taking a, a key role in serving in the community and demonstrating what God is really like, that God is one who cares, God is one that engages. And we've had now the opportunity and gained the recognition uh, by serving and using monies in the purpose of God to actually demonstrate what the kingdom of God is really like. Because it's not just, it's not meetings in buildings, it's about being salt in the earth and light in the darkness and using monies according to the principles of the kingdom for the advance and in the advance of the kingdom to demonstrate what God is really like.